Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It just came like... darlings welcome to the newest episode of generation mixed i'm your host jolie and today's guest is jordan a biracial man whose life story is filled with many surprises that will blow your mind the title of this thing is called grab some popcorn and honeys y'all better grab some popcorn with the extra butter and a little bit of the shake of the ranch too you're gonna get you're gonna get some good morsels up in here and Fasten your seatbelts, okay? Because you' about to fly all over the place. I'm just warning you, okay? So, Jordan, I want to thank you for coming on today, honey. It's a special privilege to be on. Thank you very much for having me. And can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Of course. So, I was born and raised in Berkeley, California, and I was living there up until four years ago. And I have resided in Southern Nevada since then. And it's great to call Southern Nevada home. Nice, nice. So, like with all guests, I always start from the very beginning because I love love stories and, and how our parents met and all that fun stuff. So, I'm going to ask you that question. How did your parents meet? So, they met at an event in 1991. And I know that going to events or parties, that was the traditional way for people to connect back in the day you know, way before the new age of online dating or dating apps. And they connected. The chemistry was great. And then one year later, I was bored. Okay. All right. So then tell me, then, what was your childhood like then? So in spite of some of the chaos that took place, which will we, you know, which we are going to go into, I overall had a normal childhood. 
I mean, compared to a lot of kids who go in and out of foster care facilities and just seem like there's just never ending chaos going on. I can look back in retrospect and say that I actually had a pretty decent childhood in spite of the chaotic moments here and there. Mm -hmm. So what it sounds like is you had what the, the standard, you know, two parent family siblings and all that you have siblings. I do. I have a lot of half siblings more importantly, and the, just the, the two guys that I was also growing up with, they were my half-brothers, but we never called each other half-brother. We always called each other just brother, especially when our mom, you know, raised us all together and kept us strong, kept us close, even though we all have different dads. At least just for the two that I grew up with, we have the same mom, but different dad. But my dad didn't really stick around for whatever reason. So my mom was just a single mother for pretty much 18 years. Okay. Okay. So I know we're going to talk about the chaos and all that stuff, but let's just, let's just sidestep that for a moment in terms of growing. So was your mother white? First of all, my parents are exactly what I am. Okay. They're both biracial. Exactly. They are they are precisely my same mix. I actually do come from a line of, I guess you can say, mulattoes and Louisiana Creoles, and that's even been even highlighted even in my, I guess you could say, the ancestry mm-hmm. exam. Mm-hmm. But for the past 80 years, my family got with people who were like them, because especially during that era where you know Jim Crow was in effect, segregation was in effect, a lot of them made sure to get with people who are like themselves just because of how they would be able to understand each other better than probably any, every, anyone else would. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then, um, since you had both biracial parents and your brothers were biracial as well, correct? Just like you? Yes. My mom got with men who were like her too. Okay. Okay. So then growing up in Berkeley, from what I understand, Berkeley is a pretty progressive liberal town. I mean, did you have any sort of racist or racial incidents that stood out where you felt like an outcast or other, otherized or anything like that? Oh, most definitely. Okay. So I like to tell people this, that just because the area may be, I guess you could say, very blue or left-leaning or liberal progressive, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's insulated from racial prejudice and bigotry and things that will just make you cringe. Because I usually tell people is that, that although California – Maybe, I guess you could say, the progressive belt. It's also known as the hate group belt because if you look on the hate group map, there are just so many like hate groups out there based in California. Some are in the Bay Area, some are in LA, some are just all over the state. So yes, it may have the progressive element there, but I just tell folks that try not to be naive about that because you're going to come across some elements that are going to make your jaw drop. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about hate groups. You sound like you know a lot about that. So is this, are we coming towards the chaos that you were alluding to earlier? Like you said, there was chaos going on. So what kind of chaos are you talking about? So leading up to it, mm-hmm. most most definitely. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess if we really want to like start from the bottom and then make our way up to the top, 
Yes. Drizzy Drake style started from the bottom. Now I'm here. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So growing up, you know, my mom raised me as black. She only told me though that I was just black and that's it because she was born and raised in Natchez, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And so she was just only teaching me things that she knew because Mississippi at the time was all that she knew because she grew up in 1960s Mississippi up until she left to California in 1973. So those very important years of development are all linked to Natchez, Mississippi. And so she was only being taught that this is what she is. And so she wanted to transfer that mindset onto me. So growing up, she introduced me to at least black themed books or at least where a character is a hero. And one of my favorite books that she did introduce me to at the time that I still love to this day is Timothy of the Cave. Everybody remembers that book. Mm-hmm. So Timothy McKay, just a really quick overview of that. It's about a black Caribbean man who is basically the hero of the story. He teaches a blind white boy survival skills and how to become more comfortable with his blindness. It was a great book. So at least throughout my elementary school school years up into the seventh grade, it was just black, 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 black. You're black, you're black, you're black, you're black. However, here's where things were starting to get derailed. So by the summer of 2002, my mom had sent me to an, to a summer day camp at San Pablo Park in Berkeley, California. Okay. So there were a lot of black kids there. And then also South Berkeley you know, still has a, like, a large uh, black population. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are now because things are changing. But back then, early 2000s, it was still, you know, I guess you could say the black part of Berkeley, California. So going there, I was really caught off guard by something, something that really made me, that really made my jaw drop. So... There were these black kids who started calling me, quote unquote, stupid white boy. Oh, he's not black at all. He's not a part of us. Look at you, though. Look at your features. His eyes are blue. His skin's light. Oh, he just gets kids white. And then I would come up to him. I would get very defensive about him. I would say, no, 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 I'm black like you guys. And then the girl, the black girl came up to me and said, no, you're not. I am. So that in itself caused a lot of confusion. Because in the home, I'm hearing something different. But in the real world, I'm hearing a contradictory message. So somebody's right, somebody's wrong. Right. So then two years later, I'm now in the seventh grade. Started the seventh grade at King Middle School in Berkeley, California. And that was in the fall of 2004. So there was this girl and some of these people who were asking, wait, are you half white? Are you half white? What are you? I said, I'm black. And they would look at me like I'm out of my mind. And then I would get defensive once again. And then I would tell them that this is what I am. And then during that time was when I was really starting to get the, are you Puerto Rican? Are you Dominican? That's when those questions were really starting to peak, which is basically the, what are you questions? Right. Then. So. Those that's usually a time like junior high, high school. That's usually a time where racial consciousness is really starting to become a thing with kids, which is why, you know, like during that time, it's 
very important to teach them right and make them be- help them become very understanding because that's also a very crucial time in terms of racial consciousness. So then it really wasn't until the eighth grade, or to be honest, where I was really starting to become very racist too. And this is also around the time where I'm actually starting to turn against my blackness since the world wasn't seeing me as that in spite of what my mom was instilling into me in the home. So then during that time on Facebook, not on Facebook, but on MySpace during that time, which was more popular than Facebook during that time, and this is now 2005 going into 2006, I remember that I was talking to this darker-skinned black man, and then I was writing to him, and I was saying that, dude, you're fucking black. You're dark. So I was really, like, trying to racially instigate something with him because of the fact that I was really feeling a lot of like resentment and hurt and feeling lied to. I was also starting to turn on these people too. So then by high school, it gets worse because I was noticing how a lot of black kids were starting to get sent to the detention room. So that was not really painting any good impression about the black kids in my head. And so then there was this girl in my girl in my class by the name of Janae. So Janae was a darker skinned black girl, and I was just getting so fed up with her to where I called her a stupid nigger. Yes, I said it with the hard R. Since I told you that this is going to be uncensored, so right now you guys are really making me go down memory lane. So oh yes, I said it in the class too. It's just because since these people were not seeing me as black and that basically the world was telling that telling me that my mom is a liar. Yes. It unfortunately caused me to develop some serious racial bias, especially when again, per, per, you know, like preconceived notions about black people were not being formulated correctly in my head as to who these people were and who they are. So, yeah. So then, like, I had actually had a, a student aide who was there with me, and then she took me downstairs to talk about everything that's going on. Then she said, I said, dude, are you becoming very much against black people? And I pretty much didn't say anything, but I kind of, like, subtly nodded my head, and I was saying yes, because these people don't see me as part of them. I also remember an incident where these people actually started bullying me, and saying that I'm not a part of them. So therefore, I'm not going to be a part of them. So fuck them. Mm-hmm. That was my attitude during that time. And so then also, like, during high school, again, I was still getting asked, of, wait, are you, like, Dominican? Are you Puerto Rican? This those what are you questions started to peak even more. So that in itself was just really contributing just to the confusion and just to that sense of betrayal that I was experiencing during that time. So how was the relationship when you were going through these changes with your brothers and your mom at home while you were while you were going through this? Was it difficult? Was it emotional or what? So my brothers were already in college during that time because actually both of them graduated from Berkeley High in 2004, whereas okay. I didn't graduate until 2010. Okay. So I will say this, though, by the ninth grade, I did tell my mom that I am putting my whiteness over my blackness and that in itself caused a lot of chaos in the home. 
So then what happened after that? I mean, you started down the path, obviously. So how did this all come about? How did you you do how did you end up joining, you know, or, or going down that route of becoming, you know, part of a hate group or something? What were you because I'm seeing this progression. I'm seeing this progression. So then what was your next step after that, after telling your mom in ninth grade? So I continue to check out websites, too. So there was actually a website at the time, though. It was called Pimp Out. And then there was also another one at the time in the 2000s called Nickermania. So I just read stuff like that and just basically allow the conditioning to unfold. But I was doing all this stuff behind her back because I also had a laptop. I had access to the Internet and I had MySpace during that time. So every time she would come around, I would make sure to clear the web browser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was hard for her she of course hated it but still like if you have a teenage son or daughter they are st- they are mostly developed mentally and mm-hmm. they're at that point where you can't really make them do whatever it is you think that they should do it's going to be a matter of whether it's really in their heart to do it yes or no but i will say this by the time i started the 10th grade she did refer me to this um, black student hour or whatever they called it back then. Though it was basically at lunchtime. Uh, students of Afro descent would meet up in this classroom to talk about like black issues or uh, issues with racism on the campus towards uh, black people. And I would just sit there bored, just wanting to leave. And then eventually I just stopped going because I was just feeling just, just a huge disconnect with these people especially when my mindset was, well, these people don't even think that I'm a part of them and they made that abundantly clear to me. So why should I have any respect or give this group any of my attention? So that was my attitude pretty basically all throughout high school. Okay. And then what happened after high school? After high school, I went off to college. I was still around. I went to the Academy of Art University. But honestly, in spite of just that chaotic part of my life, I still continue to treat everybody accordingly, despite the ugly demons that I was battling with. So even if you were black, you were white, or you were gay or transgender, I wouldn't care, though. If, if you treated me with the kindness and respect, I would always reciprocate that with you, in spite of just some ugly demons that I was battling with. So when I was really starting to go down the crazy political route, that's where, okay even though I still wanted to be friends with a couple of people during that time who actually considered themselves to be uh, transgender, they basically started uh, cutting ties with me because they were like, Oh no, I am not going, I am not going to follow somebody on Facebook who's into that, even though I still personally wanted to be friends with them. So that's just where like being super lost was really starting to kick in. And that was also when, like things were really starting to go down for go downhill for me as far as like reputation or like identity wise. Mm-hmm. So then how did you cope with that? I stopped thinking about it and I stopped caring. Mm-hmm. Like I would just still continue to go about with my day to day life. I would check to see what was going on on the internet. I would make my comments and then just move on. 
And then also during that time was really when I was starting to invest myself and people like Jared Taylor of American Renaissance and even uh, David Duke as well. And then I've even checked out David Duke's uh, books called like, Jewish Supremacy and uh, My Awakening. So I was, at the time, like at least in the early 20-teens, that was really when I was starting to immerse myself in a lot of the literature from basically the David Duke types and even the Jared Taylor types. Mm-hmm. So did you end up, so did you join a, a hate group as a result of reading all this and everything? Or was this just, what was it? I was not exactly a part of any specific hate groups mm-hmm. because I was a lone wolf type, but I would talk to them. I would agree with them. I would mingle with them and get tummy with them. Mm-hmm. But I never declared any kind of official membership to any of these groups because I didn't want that because I just enjoyed being a lone wolf. And then plus I knew that these people wouldn't really fully accept me. So although our stories it's common for a lot of our stories to, you know, be tragic. But long story short, when we are past that stage of racial consciousness and past that stage of maybe feeling confused, we know exactly what we are. It's just we're just, you know, fighting so hard to fit in. And even some of us will even go down the crazier route just to try to position ourselves favorably in our chosen community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how far did you go down that route? You're talking about the crazier route. Did you go down that route? I did. And I'm actually going to show you even a remnant from the past, too, right now. As far as World War II goes, mm-hmm. I was even wearing this. And I really had to find this. Look. Wow. Yes. The German swastika and the SS bolts to uh, represent Hitler's elite army, the Waffen-SS. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then I was also wearing this, too, which is basically what we call the siege mask at the time. Huh. This is, this is nowadays, so nowadays this is really, like, popular for, like, online neo-Nazis to wear. Okay. So, yeah, really had to find all this stuff. Does really the color to... mean anything? It's blue. Does that mean anything? The color of that 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 mask you just said, the seas mask or something, or d- that doesn't matter. I would wear the blue though, just to make my eyes pop out blue to represent Aryan warrior. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yep. I'd wear this, then wear that like that. Mm-hmm. So what is on the mask? Because you said it's a seas mask. Why is it called seas? Seas mask. So why was it called a siege mask? And what is on that mask? Because I see blue and like these holes and a blue skull or something. Okay. Yes. To represent taking control. Oh. Siege. We're going to siege this place. Okay. We're going to take over the government. We're going to overthrow it. And then we're going to establish a fascist or national socialist regime. Wow. Okay. That's how far it took it. Okay. Okay. Um. Are there any famous incidents you could talk about or what you contributed in or what your your participation was in? Uh, Yeah, so I promoted their propaganda. So I was also circulating a poster called It's Okay to Be White, It's Okay to Be This and That, if we all remember that uh, period. And I was also promoting like the Sonnen Rat, if anyone knows what that is. Sonnen Rat, though, is it's basically like a popular pagan symbol used by like a lot of online neo-Nazis, but 
it's famously called the Black Sun nowadays. Wow. Okay. So I don't know if the audience is familiar, like with the Black Sun. So I was promoting that around. I would even promote it even in my old Las Vegas neighborhood, just right over there on the other side of town. So, and then I even went as far as to promoting it and circulating just um, um, propaganda on the Las Vegas Strip too. Wow. Did you ever get in trouble by police or law enforcement or FBI or any of that or what? I did end up having the FBI pay me a visit. And I'll be honest, not even that long ago either. But then I just made it abundantly clear to the agents that I've changed my heart. That is not who I am anymore. Yes, whatever you saw about me on the internet, that stuff was true. But that is not my thing anymore. And so let's just leave it at that. And that also stemmed from an incident where a roommate during that time had committed a mass shooting at a Laguna at the Laguna Woods church in Orange County. Mm-hmm. So that in itself. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Caused a lot of uproar. And it caused a lot of my old detractors from that time to basically visit my past again and say stuff like, well, Jordan's roommate committed a mass shooting. Look at this. They met through shared politics, which is not true. They lied about that. And then, yeah, it just caused another hailstorm once again. Mm-hmm. So even stuff like that. Now, even before that shooting, my heart was already changed. I was already just very distant from that stuff and just not wanting to anything to do with any of my former affiliations. But yes, the incident in itself did not paint me in a good light at all, especially due to the fact that I, there's even a video of myself out there talking about how we need to shoot migrants. Wow. I, I, there's a video out there right now. It's still on the internet. You guys can find it because I don't hide anything. All that matters now is that there's a change of heart and hate the past of the past, whatever, whatever happened is already done and your past is either going to make you or break you. Mm-hmm. So yes, I said that during like the whole migrant caravan controversy, I just said is that hey, they come here, you need to start shooting them. So then the FBI saw that. And then four years later, a roommate of mine who had lost it commits a mass shooting at a church. That's going to create a very bad impression. Because then that's going to make people think that, did I aid and abet him? Did I coax him to do that? I'm like, no, no, and no. 
Mm-hmm. So you were saying you were you did a lot of propaganda and stuff and passing out flyers and anything. That now is that did that make you like? Is it anything to do with? Because you said you were a lone wolf, yet you were passing around propaganda. Was there any particular groups propaganda you were pushing, or was it just something general? And and how did that all go? So my mindset was is that that whites are on top, whites are the supreme race. If this country wouldn't be what it is right now without whites. So that was what propaganda was consistent of. But as far as groups goes, is that I was like a part of some of Gypsy Crusaders groups, if we all can remember who he is. Paul Miller, who's you know, now in jail over some like weapons charges. Okay. So those people affiliated with that, along with just other like independent um, neo Nazi chapters too. I even met a few of them, even in real life, and worked out. But man, I, all I can just say is that their personal lives tell a very different story, as I opposed mean, to what they're preaching up there on the pulpit, and as opposed to what they are trying to make themselves out to be in the political arena. So now you know you got to spill the tea about that. What do you mean by that? Their personal lives. It sounds like a big contradiction. So what do you mean? Yes, and guess what? I was also a part of that contradiction too. And I know that I've told you a little bit about that. So although these guys are screaming seek hell and white power and white this and white that, these people, they like, they like rap music. They listen to rap music. Some of them actually have biracial slash mixed race family members that they actually do love. One girl told me that she actually has a niece who is part Arab. Another um, one mention how she actually has a half black niece who she loves unconditionally and even helps take care of. Um, one of them was even caught with an Asian girlfriend. And he even told me that as he screams, he screams white power while quote unquote banging that girl ass. And then at that time I went out on a date with a Gabrielle union type. And to this day, I still have no regrets. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. So, that's kind of trippy. Cause it's, it's like you're preaching hate on one end, but then you're kind of contradicting. So how do you balance that out? I mean, you're saying one thing that's totally opposite of what you're doing personally. How do you how do you resolve that? How do you keep doing that? I don't get that. You can't. There's no balancing something like that at all, though, because they already know that what they're doing is just like not only hypocritical, but very much of a conflict of interest to what they're really preaching up there with their ideology. Everybody knows this. Now, even for now, I know the haters are going to say, especially them, they're going to say, hey, Jordan, we're not all like that. I'm like, you may not be like that, but what the your peers are doing is also starting to become a defining aspect of your community. And even though they may not be like that, they may not be in an interracial relationship or do all this other stuff that's like a contradiction – they have a lot of personal issues. They have kids who have abandonment issues. They battle with a lot of demons themselves. They battle with like anxiety disorders, depression disorders, all these other crazy like psychological elements going on with them. And before anybody can really help their own or try to start up any kind of social movement, you actually have to check yourself first and edify yourself before you can start helping out others. But they are not ready for that. They shouldn't be doing the stuff that they're doing. 
And they're just very lost, more importantly. So when did the change start within you that you were looking at this and saying, I don't want this anymore? Like, what changed within you to to get out of that and start the path that you're on now? What was the defining moment or what happened? It was going on last year. And also earlier this year, which is crazy because that's so recent. That's when I just officially said goodbye. Okay. Last year, I was starting to question everybody because I'm like, okay, even though I'm trying so hard to fit in, these people behind my back are are being very two-faced. They're either saying that I'm a quote-unquote mongrel abomination, or even some are even flat out saying nigger behind their back because I would actually have like people during that time share secret messages with me over what these people really feel about me. And again, it was just very two-faced behavior. So that in itself, and just allowing, just, you know, getting disrespected, that was also starting to uh, turn me off. And then also the lack of collectivizing too. They're terrible at collectivizing and there's just always internal conflicts. No one can agree with one another. And I'm just thinking about that. Okay, guys aren't acting like the master race. You're acting like a very flawed race. So that in itself was really starting to just push me away. And then also like reading more things, reading more things about my own history, reading things more about American history and the great people who helped contribute to American history. And then just learning a lot more about race in itself, where it really came from and how we actually all evolved. It's just reading more, learning more leaving the echo chamber was really starting to question the echo chamber that I was a part of, because you can only go so far with your echo chamber to where you're really starting to disregard facts, statistics, logistics, etc. So just having more of those awakening periods is what was really starting to push me away. And then let alone is that it is not healthy to be in that sunken state of self-hatred. It is not healthy to always try to, fit in and to all even do some pretty outlandish things, weird things or extreme things just to position yourself favorably in whatever your new chosen community is. You are going to actually have true everlasting peace once you've realized that you are enough the way that you are and that you need to embrace the principles such as self-acceptance, self-forgiveness, and even self-compassion. That's what a lot of our people need because my story I'm not alone because I ended up coming across some other mixed-race individuals in that community, and we still keep in touch today. We talk almost every day, and I'm just checking in on them, seeing that, hey, how are you doing, man? So stay out of those communities. Do not let these people corrupt your mind, and just embrace yourself because that's how you're going to truly have peace and edification and wisdom. Okay. Okay. And you said earlier in our conversation about you had influenced at least one person to kind of leave, kind of like, you know, how you left. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I uh, introduced him to my Instagram page and then I was just letting him know is that now, look, I'm sorry that your mom was also calling you black, just strictly solely black, black, black all throughout your childhood to where that just, you know, caused you to become confused during that period of time and then only for the real world to think that you're Greek or you're Italian or Puerto Rican, you know, similar story as me. So then that in itself also kind of brought him down a similar path. So then I'm just saying that, bro, 
you don't have to lark anymore as white. The, the white race is also has their flaws, has their shortcomings as everyone else. And you can't be a master race if you actually have those noticeable flaws and shortcomings that we clearly see that whites do have, along with everyone else. I'm not just talking about them, but that just basically goes for everybody, though, because the human race in itself is very flawed. So then just like really just giving him just those words of inspiration was starting to help. And then he even told me, though, that, hey, you're actually made me feel great about being mixed race, and I feel a lot more here and happy with myself because that's ultimately where the true peace and happiness is going to come it's not going your happiness is not going to be contingent on self-hatred or hate groups or neo-nazi chapters so that's going to come with you know self-acceptance self-compassion and again realizing that you are enough the way that you are amen amen so Tell us about your Instagram. I like the name of it, Mixed underscore Race underscore Revolution, right? That's right. Tell me how that started and why you gave it that name and what your plans are to do with that account. So just um, the stuff that I was just telling you about, as crazy as that is, and even as even as of today, there are going to be, yes, some people here and there who are, hey, not going to be able to stomach my past. I'm like, that's okay. But just keep it by and is that your past either makes you or breaks you. So my past had to happen in order to bring you to where I am today. Some chaotic things are going to actually have to happen in your past in order for you to become the better version that you are today. Because had it not happened, there would be no mixed race revolution Instagram. There would be no trying to edify and inspire another mixed race biracial brother to just leave these vile circles. There wouldn't be any of that stuff had I not gone through the chaos that I went through. Now, this is just not to say that go through what I did or do what I did, but it means is that unexpected things happen to where it still brought me to where I am today, and it's a much better thing. But the purpose of the page is for us to provide ourselves with a voice and to also provide ourselves with an outlet for insight and validation into our lived and experiences because it's just a common pattern for a lot of us to feel as though we have to fit in. It's been common for us to experience some big time self-loathing. So, you know what the page is just to say is that, you know, like enough is enough. We also deserve a voice and better yet. Once it continues to grow, I would also like for us to start writing to OMB Directive 15, which also deals with like racial and ethnic categories. So whether you guys want to call yourselves like mulatto or biracial or what's the other one? Hapa, uh, white and Asian and Blasian, which what Tiger Woods started using. Yeah. And even also Arab American we're going to make sure that all that stuff is well accommodated for you guys, because oftentimes like an Arab American is probably going to be put as white. Cause I actually have a friend in Berkeley and she showed me like her ancestor results. And I was like telling her that uh, girl, I'm whiter than you, but yet the police are still going to put you as white, even though you profess yourself to be a proud Arab American, not a proud white American female. Yeah. So, and I've also talked about how, Britain actually has plenty of racial uh, distinct categories. 
is Pakistani or Romani gypsy, they will say, like, wait, are you Jamaican, white, British mix? If you look at the racial categories for Britain, Britain is ahead of the game. And I'm like, come on, America, we can do a lot better. We can get to that level that the UK has it. So what's the excuse? Exactly. And the, But then again, I realized that it's only been 22 years since we were able to check multiple boxes True. like on forms and all that, all that other stuff. So I get that it's still a recent thing, but I'm not sure whether it's a recent thing even for the UK, but even if it is, still Britain is ahead of us. So it's now time for us to catch up. I totally agree. That's right. I agree. So what other future plans do you have brewing? Live finally a nice, peaceful, normal life. Like away from the schizophrenic political realms that came with neo-Nazism. Now, it's no disrespect to anybody who has schizophrenia, but you guys know what I mean by the schizo realms. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that community is going to bring you. So listening to what I've heard to heard about so far, it's like you should write a damn memoir. I really think it would be an incredible story to read. I really think it would be transformative. Have you ever entertained that thought? I'm open to it, but just probably like on the immediate radar, no. Mm-hmm. But a possibility, yes. In the probably the distant future, almost definitely, but probably right now, not at the moment. You know what would be good for you to do? A TED Talks. You need to find a TED Talks and tell people, like, tell a larger audience the story. That's the goal. Okay, good, good. Okay, I can't wait to see when that happens. You got to let me know because this, I mean, this story, I mean, what you're telling me, your life is freaking amazing. And what's really crazy is like, you know, at work, you know, my, my, my primary job, like I was telling everybody about what you're going to talk about. And like one of my bosses said, you know what you need to do, Jolie? End the year with that and say, mic drop. She's like, cause I have never heard something like that. I said, yes, it is Ripley's believe it or not. You better believe it. You know, here is a living example right here. You know what I mean? Yeah, more than that. And not only that, but like I said, I have nothing to hide. Because all you guys have to do is just search me up. You guys are going to find old stuff about me on the internet saying this and that. I'm like, no, it doesn't bother me because I don't live there anymore. I mean, if anything else, anybody wanting to rub that in my face, I'm going to be like, well, it's like trying to rob my own house. I don't live there anymore, but if you want to live in my own house, go for it. But I have a nice new fresh house now. Right on. Right on. That's right. That's right. People can start over and everything. Are there any other social media accounts or any other ways people can find you or follow you? Yeah, Facebook. Okay. All right. What under what? What? Re- uh, mixed race revolution or what, honey? No, it's just like my regular Facebook. Just talking about normal stuff. Whereas uh, my Instagram, that's where it's more specific. Okay. Okay. So I had Jordan Davis, J-O-R-G-I-N, and then D-A-V-I-S. Okay. All right. Right on. So then here's the final question I ask everybody too. It's like my, it's my beginning and end question, my sandwich question. So I want to know based on your experiences and who you are and what you came out of, what words of wisdom would you give people in our community in terms of struggling with identity, in terms of being, you know, 
possibly corrupted by outside forces that make them hate, you know, make us hate ourselves. Like what, what kind of advice could you give for something like that? My advice would be is that you don't have to conform to the binary standards of this world, because it is a hard fact that the world is going to continue to think in binary terms. Even we are guilty of even thinking in binary terms as well. So it's just now we actually have to reinforce the fact that, Hey, you're the, again, you're enough the way that you are. You don't have to conform to the binary standards, especially when you actually have science to support you to the fullest extent. So you don't have to fit in. You don't have to just say that you're just black, 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 or that you're just white, 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 or you're just Asian, 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 Asian. You can just say is that you're either biracial, you're mixed race, and you're proud, and science backs me up to the fullest. And I also have a distinct experience to share and some distinct uniqueness that also comes along with being mixed race and biracial that only people like myself can a hundred percent understand. So what, what is that? What, what is that distinction? What is that? That distinction is, is that we also have a voice. We actually have a different perspective. Um, even in terms of even how the world can even treat us is also different too. And even just how the world will ask you certain questions is going to be unlike never before something that we could only we can understand like i think that when me and you talk remember when i asked you well hey have people also thought that you were like the dominican or puerto rican yes, yes. same I, same here but you see that when i said the same thing we understood each other that that click was there but like a person who just moderationally classifies themselves as just white or just black or just asian they're not going to get that Mm-hmm. that's only going to be something that we are going to understand. Yes. And that's just where just that distinct level of uniqueness and experience factors in. Hell yeah. I like the way you said that, honey, you making me all like, yes, it's great to be mixed race. I have no exactly. about it. When I realized that, that's where I just said, you know what, to hell with this culture, to, to this, to hell with that. Right on. Or this. Goodbye. Exactly. That's where exactly. I just took it off and just threw it out. I love and that's it. where I'm here right now. That's right. That's right. And you keep talking and you keep going on these podcasts because, honey, you are fire. And more people need, need, need to know about you and your story and TED Talks. Come on. Come on. Give this brother a chance. I mean, he, he's freaking amazing. Guys. He thank totally is. Shoot. So, honey. I want to thank you, Jordan, for joining us today and telling this amazing story. I'm going a, I'm to a keep singing it from the rooftops. I don't know about you, but it's fucking incredible. It's just amazing. And, <laughs> I, I, and there's still you. a lot to it, though, but that's all just a nice general overview as to yes. what was going on, and that's already enough for people to get it. Okay, okay. That's why you got to... Further on down the line, think of that memoir. But for now, let's do some TED Talks, make it a 30, 45-minute thing where you're just diving right in and giving us all the tea and just just blowing everyone's minds. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would love to see that. Hell to the yes. So, my darlings, I want you to please like, follow, and download this newest episode and tell your friends because, honey, who who says they have a, a, a guest like this on their show, okay? Very unique individual. And you can find the show on either Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or Spreaker. 
You can follow the show on Instagram at Generation Mix Podcast. And let me know if you want to come on and tell your incredible story like Jordan did here. You can DM me on Instagram or send me an email at GenerationMixPodcast.com. This concludes, y'all, yet another episode on what it means to be multiracial in America, one story at a time, from the studio to the streets. Love y'all. Love you guys. You are fucking amazing, Jordan. You are just fucking amazing. I believe that. Keep talking. Keep using your voice. I can't wait till you're on TED Talk. That's all I got to say. I mean, listen to this on Wednesday. Because I was going to also kind of show you a little bit of a remnant of my past that I still have on me, unfortunately. But I need to remove it. I want to. But right now, it's just been a little bit of a financial hurdle. And this stuff going on to where I can't get it lasered off just yet. Can you show us? Can you? Yes. I'd like to see it. All right, so I'm not strippy. Don't mind it. (laughs) Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. That's heavy. And that's just a remnant. Remnant of the past. Wow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.